Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Hi again, my name's Janet, and I'm going to be reading the scripture. Our scripture reading is from the letter of James. Hear now these words. Be doers of the word, and not merely hearers. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother and sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to your needy brother or sister, Go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if faith has no works, is dead. May God add blessing to this reading. Thank you, Janet. So we're doing a new thing in my household, fantasy football. Rowan was invited by a group of friends to join their league. And on a whim, we set up an account. Fantasy football happens to be part of a larger phenomenon of fantasy sports. I learned this week that there's even fantasy fishing. Fantasy sports, if you're not familiar allow you to participate in online games where you put together a virtual team of real-life players. You earn points based on, uh, you know, I'm looking at this, based on real-life statistics that are then converted into fantasy points. So you're just taking real players and their real game stats and then putting them into your fantasy league and you compete against other players. You do this all from your computer. So Rowan and I had no idea about fantasy football or how to play it or how to set up a team. We quickly watched some YouTube videos, we Googled it, and then about a month ago on a Sunday afternoon, he grabbed my computer and walk down the block to his friend's house for the big draft. Thankfully, Kathleen gave a little advice that you don't choose your quarterback first. And he followed that, Kathleen. He's doing pretty well. Do any of you participate in fantasy football? Just Kathleen and Dawn. Okay, thank you, Erica. All righty. So we have a couple of people. 40 million people in the U.S. are playing fantasy football right now. And that's probably more people than are going to attend a live game. That's a lot of people. Millions of men and women have assembled teams with the best players on their computers. And they are competing this weekend. I think fantasy sports encourage creativity. It encourages strategy. 
It builds community. Rowan is having fun talking to his friends at school about how their games are going. They also allow people to participate and engage without having to physically do anything. I think probably fantasy sports players will tell us that the number one thing is they don't have to get up off the couch. However, I wonder sometimes if we are becoming people who prefer to watch rather than participate. I wonder if we are becoming a people who prefer to watch rather than participate. The comedian Jerry Seinfeld once said, one of life's greatest pleasures, watching other people work. We go to see the Golden State Warriors, San Francisco Giants, the Oakland A's. We watch from the comfort of our own seat in the stands with a hot dog in our hand. One sports illustrator writer said, the world is separated by doers and watchers. What President Teddy Roosevelt famously called the man in the arena and those cold, timid souls who watch and criticize the man in the arena. Ouch. All of these thoughts remind me of that first line that Janet read to us in our scripture this morning. Hear it again. Be doers of the word, not merely hearers. We need to get into the arena. The letter of James is one of the books of the Bible not often read or discussed. It's a small letter. It appears near the end of the New Testament. We don't know the identity of the author or when it was written. The letter supposedly comes from James, the brother of Jesus, but there's no clues in the letter itself to tell us if this is correct. The letter, which probably began as a sermon, consists of a series of moral instructions. Martin Luther, the 16th century reformer, called the letter without substance and, quote, an epistle of straw. Luther even suggested that the Protestant reformers remove the letter of James from the New Testament. It's still there. I think James has some wisdom for us today in our world full of spectators and fantasy leagues. James has high expectations of Christians and Christian communities. James desires that the followers of Jesus bear good fruits out in the world. One commentator wrote this about James. The basic message is an urgent appeal for those who call themselves Christians to adapt a courageous faith that will help them cope effectively with the trials of life and will produce in them heightened moral integrity and loving actions. The book helps us in the trials of life, helps us with our moral thoughts and our actions. As Christians, people should see our faith 
through our actions. If our heart is right with God, our hands and our feet will show the good works. Even the Apostle Paul, who preached salvation by faith alone, told us in this letter to the Romans, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous in God's sight, but the doers of the law who will be justified. We must be doers who are in the arena. In modern Christianity, many Christians have not taken the utmost seriousness the teachings of Jesus. One description of how some Christians live is the following. Give a little, do a little, pay some membership dues, and get your ticket to heaven. Again, ouch. James insists that such a fantasy Christian lifestyle is not acceptable. Giving a few dollars, doing a few random acts of goodness, and paying a yearly pledge does not provide us with the key to heaven. There is a cathedral in Florence, Italy, with massive front doors constructed of bronze. One door shows a person praying. It's the one that you see here on your left. It is in sort of the top three-fourths. There's a man sitting there praying. The other door on the other side shows a person giving food to a beggar. The door communicates that one does not enter the church or go out into the world without both prayer and service. Prayer and service. Our own Methodist founder, John Wesley, said that every Methodist must have both vital piety and good works. Faith without works is fantasy Christianity. We must combine what we say with our lips with how we live our lives. I am pleased to tell you this morning that Rowan does not only play fantasy sports, but real-life sports as well. He's much more athletic than I have ever been, and it's fun to see him enjoy playing sports. Currently, he is in a sixth-grade basketball league that plays every Sunday evening at San Mateo High School. Oliver, who's here with us on Sunday mornings, is on his team as well. And I'm having a lot of fun going to the games. I think of myself as knowing a bit about basketball because I'm a Duke University basketball superfan. So sometimes I get a little carried away in the stands with trying to coach these sixth grade boys. But when I'm not embarrassing myself, I'm sitting there thinking how amazing they are. They have chosen to leave their homes, to get up off the couch, and to get onto that court. For many of them, it's the first time they've played on an organized team and in a league. And they're out there and they're doing an amazing job. They are in the arena. Participation happens in more than just sports. It's one thing to listen to music. It's another thing to play the piano. It's one thing to watch Dancing with the Stars, my mother-in-law's favorite show. It's another thing to get out on the dance floor. It's one thing to watch The Voice. It's another thing to join this band. 
and sing on Sunday mornings. Aren't we grateful that they choose to not just watch, but to do it? So how do we move from the couch? How do we enter the arena? How do we live out our faith? Some of you are receiving calls now from our lay leadership committee asking you to serve as a leader next year in this congregation. We need people to lead on our church committees. Others of you may be considering membership in this church. Are you being called to join? Next month, we have all been invited to join together in the Crop Hunger Walk, a fundraiser that involves donations and our feet. You may have seen something about it in our newsletter this past Thursday. I have been participating in Crop Hunger Walk since I was a toddler. And the picture that you're seeing there, I'm the little girl in the middle being held by my dad. And the caption reads, Congressman Jim Broyhill talks to Reverend Andy Langford, holding two-year-old Ann Green Langford about the crop walk for hunger planned in Avery County. I've been doing it for a long time. Even in California, I've participated in crop walks, though for the last two years have done so virtually and walked by myself. This year, I'm ready to walk with other people. And I would love for you to join me. It's on Sunday, October 23rd in Menlo Park. You can walk 0.5 miles, 1 mile, or 5 miles. My parents will be here, and I know that my mom is definitely joining. I'm going to put my feet on the pavement and raise money through my social media accounts so that we can support people who are hungry right here in San Mateo County. Will you join me? In November, we will have our stewardship campaign. We'll be asked to remember our membership vows to support BUMC through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We will ask you to give to this congregation financially in 2023. In addition, we're going to ask you to let us know how you want to use your time and your talents to support the ministries. We all need to move from being a spectator to a participant, from being a fan in the stands to a player on the field, from a fantasy league to the real kingdom of God. I want to end this morning with a great quotation from Brene Brown in her book, Rising Strong. Listen to her words. I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get ourselves kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. Not at the same time. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. So what about you? And what about me? Are we ready to become not just spectators, 
but participants? Are we ready to move from being fantasy Christians to real-life Christians? Are we ready to be in the arena, to be brave, to not just hear the word, but to do the word, to put faith with our action? I pray that it might be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.